could get another chance, another walk, another dance with him. I'd play a song that would never, ever end. Cause I love, love, love to dance with my father again. Welcome to the Rosie Experience, y'all. This is episode, oh, what episode am I on? Episode nine of season three. Um, this one is called Jerry. And I just want to give a little backstory on the name Jerry. My father, his name is Jerry Miles Simpson Sr. My brother's name is Jerry Myers Simpson Jr. Um, this is a very touchy subject for me. My very first nephew was born in 2006. His name is Javion David Simpson. And he really looks up to his father so much. He looks just like his father. Um, The only difference is Javion is mixed. So Javion has very pale skin, but his father has very beautiful, deep, dark skin. And outside of that, um, Javion is his only child with his hair texture. (laughs) Um, his Javion's hair is actually a, a lot kinkier than his father's. Um, but outside of that, I wanted to just talk about fathers in general because they have such a huge impact on our lives, whether we want to believe it or not. And you guys, this one is really touchy for me. So I'm going to be holding back tears the whole time just because, man, like you never realize how much your father means to you till you don't have him no more. And let me explain what I mean by that. Because people who know me are going to be like, your father is still alive. I know. But I've never felt like I had a father. And I know that that's disrespectful to say. I know that God is not pleased with me saying that. But I have reasons behind everything that I say. My father, Jerry Simpson Sr., has been through a lot. I'm going to tell a little bit of his backstory because in order for you to understand how deep-rooted this is, you have to know what he went through. My father was 10 years old the first time that he was sexually abused by his oldest brother. My uncle, who sexually abused my father his whole childhood, passed away in prison. He was in prison for rape. Um, Anyways, my father has always had a light like my father he could sing just like Michael Jackson still can ever since he was a child my father's a dancer he can do karate he has nunchucks he can man he can do the nunchucks better than uh Jet Li Bruce Lee all of them all of them um very very inspirational man when you actually sit there and talk to him but a lot of people don't give him the time to talk because my father is diagnosed with bipolar he he's bipolar and also my father is legally blind in one of his eyes um he already had glaucoma but a few years ago he was brutally beaten by someone on his block and lost one of his eyes so he does not have sight in one of his eyes at all in his other eye he can barely see out of it um but when my dad was younger he went through a lot of trauma as I told you he was 10 years old the first time that he was abused and when I say abused sexually abused he literally literally was fully penetrated by his brother and I have to explain it like that so that you can understand how deep rooted this is my father started um 
using street drugs at a very young age because he went through a lot like being abused every single day by your brother and you're trying to call out for help but nobody's believing you um it's very very difficult to get past that so he you know he was a singer he he was a a womanizer so he did that then he winds up getting with my mom he's 18 she's 16 they get married they have my brother jerry simpson jr Of course, my dad is still a womanizer. The same day my brother is born, my dad leaves the hospital and goes and gets another woman pregnant. (laughs) So we have a sister that's nine months younger than my brother named Cece that we've never met. I guess up until Cece was probably two years old, she was allowed to come around when her mom realized my dad wasn't leaving my mom. So she took her away for good. So that's our half-white sister, Cece, that we don't know. Um... And so my dad has just always been a womanizer. Him and my mom got married when he was 18, she was 16, and he had to be the breadwinner. And it's because he started working at a very young age. It was probably around 10 years old that he started working. Um, My grandma, she's always been the type to work multiple jobs at a time, but all of her children were workers too. Uh, She has a lot of children. My my oldest uncle, Uncle Jill, and that was the uh, predator. And then my grandma had my uncle Jesse R.I.P. My uncle Tommy. My Aunt Jeannie. My dad. Those are her four children by the same man. And then she had my Aunt Maria. So she has six children total. And all of them were workers and go-getters. And my dad just happened to be the one that was a performer. He went to New York and performed at the Apollo. Um, there's been a lot of different things he's done, but you know, um, there also is a lot of influences in that. So he did try a lot of different recreational drugs. But like I said, deep rooted issues. If you're if you have never had your childhood issues resolved, drugs are easily going to take that pain away. Um, so the whole time he's going through all the things he's going through, my mom is still by his side. My mom has literally had literally never left my dad. No matter what he did to her, she never left him. And he just knew he had that sense of security with her because, yeah, they have five children together. And he had his um, children that he had outside of wedlock. All of our siblings, we love to death. But it's just the truth of the matter is my dad had them out of wedlock because he wasn't married to my mom as he had those other siblings that we had. Um, My mom stayed through all of that. And, of course, you have family believing my dad. So my dad would talk bad about my mom to his family members, not speaking on what he's doing, though. And then my mom is so uh, gun-ho for her family that she's not even telling her uh, her distant family like her mom and her siblings what's going on. So they don't know that she's getting cheated, cheated on. She's having to fight my dad. Like, they don't know that she's going through all of this mental and physical abuse because my mom was like me, I noticed. She likes to hide things because she knows she got it. She don't realize what it's doing to her mental. She just knows I can make sure me and my kids survive every day. That's all that matters. Um, so she's not gonna call out for help. That's the, my mom's never been the type to call out for help and, and I concur. And so fast forward to my brother Jerry turning 16. He has a job at this point. I don't remember how old he was when he started working, but he has a job at this point. And if I'm not mistaken, he's paying his own cell phone bill. Because back then, cell phones weren't like something that all kids had. It was a luxury to have a cell phone. 
so Jerry had a cell phone. He's paying that bill. He had a car. If I'm not mistaken, this car was paid off. So he wasn't making no car payment, but he was keeping the gas in his car. And he was working at Dillon's, which Dillon's is a small Kroger grocery store. They were only paying $7.25 at the time, $7.25 an hour. And it might not even have been $7.25 when he was working there. Honestly, it might have been less than that. Whatever minimum wage was, that's what he was getting paid. And he was getting paid every week. So I could imagine his checks being anywhere between two to $400 a week, but probably not even four, to be honest. Um, he's giving my dad half of his check every week because that was the stipulation. You have a job, you give me half of your check, which to me seems pretty barbaric, but whatever. Then my dad got greedy and, and started asking for more. And so my brother, he's like, no, like that. I have other things that I have to do. I'm also in basketball. You're not coming to none of my games because he's 16. So at this point, I'm assuming he's a sophomore in high school. Like you guys aren't supporting me financially in anything I do. And for me to speak on that a little bit, my mom wasn't able to financially support any of her children because every time that she got a job, my father would would mess it up. Like he literally will go to her job and cause ruckus to where she gets fired or where she's so embarrassed that she quits. She even had a home daycare at one point in time, and he would scare the kids on purpose. And so my mom just closed down her daycare. So my dad was a very jealous man. If my mom ever made anywhere near how much he was making or when he got on disability, she was making more money than him, he would make her quit her job. So anyways, my dad's not helping my brother pay for anything. So he's like, I am not going to give you my whole check. I'm not, I don't even want to give you this much of my check. No, I'm not going to. And so my dad told him, I'm going to do you like Marvin Gaye's dad did him if you don't listen to me now listen i remember i was 10 years old when this conversation happened my brother is six years older than me and i'm very chronological with my memory so i remember dates i remember times i remember ages so my brother was definitely 16 this was in 2002 i was 10 i was in fifth grade and I remember this argument when my dad told my brother, I'm going to do you like Marvin Gaye's dad did him. And I was immediately alarmed because our family is very used to always be very much so into like documentaries and everything. So I watched Marvin Gaye's documentary and I know that Marvin Gaye's father shot him in the head. So for my father to look at his son and say, I'm going to shoot you in the head, which is basically what he said to him. He didn't say that, but he said, I'm going to do like Marvin Gaye's dad did him. If you don't give me all of your money, like I was 10, I was alarmed by hearing that. And my brother, he's not the type to show his emotions. So all he did was just kind of suck it up. He was like, that's really how you feel, dad. And I don't remember what my dad said after that, but I know my brother just kind of walked out the house. I could tell that he was about to cry. I don't know when he cried, but he never let us see it. He just sucked it up and walked out the house. Don't know where he went, but while he was gone, my dad starts packing his things. And so me and my little sister, Jerise, who was eight at the time, we go in the room asking my dad, what are you doing? And he's like getting his stuff out of here, like cussing and stuff, right? And so me and Jerice are just standing there and dad's telling us to help him. So we're okay. You know, we're kids. So we just think it's fun. We're sitting there packing my brother's shoes, packing his clothes. And then dad's like, now go throw that S outside. So we throw the bag outside. And as I'm throwing the last bag outside, I see my brother pull up and I wave at him. Hey, hey. And he's, he, I could tell tears are coming. He, and his voice shakes and he's like, what, what are you doing, Rosie? And I'm like, putting your stuff outside you know I'm 10 years old I don't understand 
I'm skipping. I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm excited to see my brother. I love him so much. Jerry has always been the one that if I have a bad dream, I'll go lay in his bed. Like he will always like he'll be on the phone with his friends and I'm asking him, can I do your nails? And I'll literally just sit there just uh, fouling his toenails while he's on the phone with his friends. That's when I first <laughs> understood what talking to girls, boys and girls talking on the phone sexually was because my brother, he always spitting game, always. And I'm in elementary sitting there just soaking all his game up anyways. um, So he's like, what are you doing? And I told him, you know, just, just putting your stuff outside. So then he goes in the house. And my dad is just looking at him up and down with the most stank face you could ever think of. And he, he asked my dad, you know, what are you doing? My dad, you got to get the out of here. And then it turns into an argument. And I don't remember my brother even arguing back. I don't. And honestly, I think that my cousin Luke was there. It was either my cousin Luke or my cousin David. I get them mixed up sometimes. One of them was there and was watching us pack Jerry's stuff up. And he, we were in the garage, I remember. And he said, he's going to be, he's going to be effed up when he sees that. And so me being 10, I'm not understanding what this means. Like I'm a very analytical person, but at 10, you can only analyze what you understand. I wasn't understanding. So I was just doing what my dad told me to do. And now as an adult, I sit there and I'm like, wow, we literally pushed him out of the house and didn't even realize that's what we were doing. And so Jerry looked at my mom and was like, mama, that's all he said. He just said, mama. And my mama just put her head down and turned her head. And so he turns around and grabs his bags. And I replay this scenario in my head so much. That's how I remember it exactly how it happened because it was so toxic. Like you could tell my mom just felt defeated. My mom is a very loving, nurturing mother. Like she protects her kids. But at the end of the day, my brother was being out all night. He had a nine o'clock curfew. I believe they might've pushed his curfew to like, uh, no, they probably pushed it back to like 11 or 12 at this point, but he was not coming home at his curfew. He was coming home whenever he felt like it. My sister Nisha would let him in the house whatever time he came and Nisha would get in trouble for that because my mom said if he doesn't come back at his curfew time, he doesn't get in the house, which I think is barbaric as well. That's something that a lot of parents do, but it's barbaric because even if your child isn't listening to your rules, wouldn't you rather know that they're under your roof than that they're locked outside and having to find somewhere else to sleep? Like, that's dangerous. But the way that parents used to think back then and the way that some parents still think now, if you don't listen to my rules, get out of my house. But that's just not the type of parent that I will ever be because I don't want my child to get out of my house until they're good and ready. If they're not listening to my rules, I need to figure out a different way to enforce my rules. But to tell my child, you are not allowed back in my house because you didn't listen to my rule, it's barbaric to me. But that's just my opinion. So let me go back to the situation. So Jerry um, grabs his bags and, you know, he heads to his car. I know it killed him that my mom didn't say anything. But if I could speak to my brother and let him know from my mom's perspective bro mama loves you so much always has always will you're her first child she was 16 when she had you but you started to get uncontrollable and mama was kicked out of her place when she was 16 because she got pregnant by you so all her maternal instincts were gone at the age of 16, that's when her mama stopped being a mama to her. I love you, grandma, but that's when she stopped being a mama to her at 16. 
it actually kind of started a little bit before that because my grandma was so into church from what I'm understanding, from what I've gathered, the information I've gathered. She was so deep rooted into church that she wasn't even focused on her home. She felt like, you know, God's got it. But at the end of the day, you got to actually do your work at home. Yeah, God's got you. God loves you. But if you're not doing your work at home, you're not doing your work. And God would much rather you be at home doing work than be at church praising him. So my grandma did fumble the ball with my mama. And that's how my mama wound up in my dad's hands. And my dad fumbled her whole life. But Jerry, mama loves you. Mama has always loved you. But past the age of 16, she didn't know what to do with a child. She was not handled after the age of 16. She was an adult after the age of 16. With adult things going on. Fighting women for a husband that was cheating on her. Like she was literally doing things that she had no business doing. All for the sake of love. And protecting her children. She had a child at 16, 18, 21, 22, and 24. She was literally pregnant since she was 16. The longest break she had in between a child is two years. That's the longest break. So... Me being in a similar situation as mom now, having four children back to back, I completely understand where she was coming from. She was nervous because, A, you're her only son and you're not listening. B, her husband is abusive mentally and physically. And she knows that if she tries to go against him, it's going to be hell in the house every day. C, She knew that you were a go-getter and you were going to provide for yourself. She knew that you had a car. She knew that, hey, if he got somewhere to go every single night to be out as late as he wants to, then he got somewhere to live. She knew you were going to be okay. If she didn't think you were going to be okay, she would not have let you leave. Was 16 a good age to let you leave? No. Did she agree with him kicking you out? No. I heard her cry countless nights about you being kicked out. I'm not even going to cap. She cried about that a lot. She didn't let nobody else know, but I was always the child that when mama was crying, I stayed near her. So I knew it bothered her a lot that you were gone, but she couldn't do anything about it because dad was still drinking very heavily. Dad was on and off drugs still pretty heavily. And she knew that if she went against what he said, it would be a fight, a daily fight. And instead of her just leaving him, which seemed to be so difficult for her to do. She just decided my son is going to be all right. So let me not start this fight. Now you being an adult with a now 16 year old son, a 16 year old son that when he was first born, he was jaundiced and he was colic. He was crying all the time. And mom took him for a whole year. Until his first birthday, he lived with mom. I know because I was 14 at the time and I was helping raise him. I was putting him to bed. I was bringing all my friends. He was like my little puppy. Like my friends would get off the bus and be like, can we see your nephew today? Can we see your nephew today? Come and hold him and play with him every day. Like I know. So with you having a 16 year old son that mom helped you with, you should understand a little bit more where she was coming from with you not listening, but she never agreed with what dad said to you. She never agreed with none of that. And she did argue with him about it, just not in your face. She did tell him she wanted you to come back. and He would say no. 
She did fight for you, just not in your face. You didn't see it, but she did. And so my brother, oh my God, there's so many things that he did. Like he made sure he kept a job. He kept a car always, always, always. No, he didn't have his own place at first, but we got a cousin Deborah and a cousin Jessica that would let him stay with them back and forth, back and forth. And then when he finally did get his own place, he was already with um, his children's mother, his first children's mother. His first four children are all by her. Um, he was with her and they wound up having Javion, Dejan, Trevon, and Tayshawn, all four of them together. They did not have a perfect relationship. They, Their relationship was toxic at its, at, at its worst, but my brother, not abusive. I will never ever be on here trying to make people think that he was a good person if he was abusive. My brother has never laid a hand on a woman, but there's a but. His first children's mother, very damaged. She's been through a lot with her own family. I'm not going to get into what she's been through, but not very close with her mother. She was raised by her grandma and not very close with her grandma either. So, and she has siblings, not very close with them. So my brother, she clung to him. They were both teenagers. They were both house hopping. They both knew my cousins and they both would go back and forth between my cousin's house. So every time he had somewhere to stay, she had somewhere to stay. So then when he goes to get his own place, she's already pregnant. So he lets her stay with him. So like they were together, but it was a trauma bond because they, they got together because they both were house hopping. They both were partying. That's all they was doing every night was partying. And then, oh, somebody's pregnant. But my brother did not stop sleeping with her and they did not break up. So it was never like a she trapped him, even though that's the way that he would try to word it. I always corrected him. And me and him used to get into it about that because he said that I was taking her side. But I'm like, the moment that you lay down with her, she's not trapping you. Because anytime you have sex with anybody, a baby can come out of that. And so he had a lot of childish ways about him because, like I said, his parenting stopped at 16. He was no longer being raised. After 16, he was his own parent. So there was a lot of things he was never taught. Like he wasn't taught about sex. He wasn't taught about relationships. He had to learn all that on his own. So the first time was a trial run for him. He was a cheater. His excuse was that he didn't want to be with her. But like I told him, you keep getting this girl pregnant. You have to want to be with her. There's no way that you could willingly be sleeping with somebody without a contraceptive if you don't like them. You like her. You actually love her. You just don't love her correctly because of the way that y'all met. You're not in that trauma space anymore. Now you're now you have your own place. Now you got her living with you and you like, oh, I don't know if I want to be with her no more. But y'all were already in a relationship before y'all got a place. You can't not know whether or not you want her to be living with you no more after y'all already are on y'all second baby and y'all have your own place now. But it took him a minute to get it. I was their therapist. Like I told you, I'm six years younger than him. My brother was 19 when they had his son, 19 or 20. I don't remember which. Hold on, let me do my math. If I was 14, he was 20. So he was 20 when they had my nephew. And so that makes me 14. I was giving them relationship advice from the age of 14 all the way up until he left her or that she left him, however that happened. I was giving them relationship advice. 
because I've always been analytical and I look at things from both sides. So I respected her. I respected her so much because no matter what my brother did or said, she loved him. She reminded me of my mom a lot. Like, yes, she had her little quirks. When she would get mad, she would throw some words out there that white people shouldn't be saying to black people, but she was mad. And he would also call her the same words. So it's not like she was racist. It's just she would throw some words out there that it's like, why are you saying that word? You should not be saying that. But my brother would call her the same thing. Um, Verbally, yes, they would both abuse each other verbally to the point that you would think they were about to fight, but he would never lay a hand on a woman. That's one thing he would never do. But they would be in each other's face yelling and yelling and yelling, and I would break it up every time. I was over their house 24-7. Every time I got off of school, I'm at their house babysitting. Three kids because they didn't have Tayshawn until like they were at the very end of their relationship so there was only three kids for a long time and I was babysitting all three of them kids y'all want to go somewhere by y'all got to go to work by y'all want to just be in the room watching tv by I would literally be at their house just because I didn't like being in my house that's a whole other story so I would be at their house all the time but while I'm there I'm just taking in information and I'm just seeing how things work and now me being an analytical adult I'm seeing my brother did not understand how to love like the lady that he's with now I love her to death her name is Jessica but the way that their relationship started was it was foul my brother was no longer in love with his girlfriend that he had four children with and she was pregnant with their last child and he started a whole nother relationship he did he started a whole nother relationship and she knew about she knew about his about his baby mama she knew that his baby mama lived with him when his baby mama was at work she would come over and I know this because I would be over there babysitting while he's in the room with her it was wicked but at the end of the day he knew that he loved her did he do that correctly? no but he knew that he loved her he knew that he had love for his baby mama but he was not in love with her anymore so it was wrong but Fast forward, now him and Jessica have two children together. And Jessica also has a child that she had before their relationship started. So now all together, they have four, five, six, seven children. I have seven nephews out of that relationship. And I love all of my nephews to death. I love them to life, actually. Um, I love Jessica. She's a very wonderful woman. And she's actually changed my brother a lot. He's no longer a womanizer. And he also is even more respectful than he was. Him and Jessica don't even get into screaming fights. That's not the way that they argue. If they argue, they're going back and forth. They're talking things out. And yes, of course, my brother is still hard-headed to the point that he's always taking care of himself. Always taking care of himself and whoever he's with. And Jessica, she's like, I can take care of myself. Like, I, I, I do this. This is what I do. So we're either gonna come to an understanding or I'm gonna take care of myself I remember she was pregnant with their child and she literally just left like it wasn't no cheating or no abusing or nothing she left because she couldn't deal with his stubbornness and she was completely prepared to just not be with him anymore she got her own place and everything she was completely prepared to just not be with him but they wound up getting back together and getting engaged um my brother has grown so much and I really honestly I really honestly thank God all the time because it could have went either way when you get kicked out at 16 and you have nothing but the streets 
and you're being raised by the streets and you drop out of high school, you can very well go to prison, get killed, or wind up just being a womanizer for the rest of your life or all of the above. But my brother rose above that. He has his own business and he's been working for the same business for years. So that's two jobs right there. And he's a traveling hair uh, barber. Like there's a lot of things that my brother does. He has multiple different streams of income and he has another business where he makes homemade egg rolls and sells them. So that's, he has like probably four or five streams of income right now. Plus his woman has her own income too. So he's doing pretty well for himself. For a child who got kicked out at 16 and didn't finish high school, he's doing pretty darn good. And he's in all seven of his children's life. Six biological, one stepchild. He's in all seven of his children's life. He's a basketball coach for his children. He does a lot. And he is a very good man. And he can look at his father and tell him, thank you. Because you showed me how strong I am. I don't know if he's had this conversation with our father, but he showed you how strong you are. Him kicking you out showed you what you can do. Because he got kicked He got kicked out, uh, if I'm not mistaken. No, actually, Grandma kept letting him come back. But he left home at a very young age. And now he's in his 50s. And he's going through some things. He's going through a lot of things, actually. I feel sorry for my dad in a lot of ways. Um, not really going to speak on everything that he's going through. Because some of it has to do with one of my siblings. But... He's not in a good place mentally right now um, or spiritually. He's trying, but he's not. And my brother can just honestly use this as his excuse to say, no, not excuse, as his reason to say, I overcame that and my children will never, my children will never have to feel like they aren't wanted. My children will never have to feel like they are a burden. My children will never have to feel like just because they don't feel like listening to me right now that they have nowhere to go. My children will never have to go through what I went through. And my parents were just ignorant to the fact that they were not parenting correctly. It's not that they were bad people because they showed so much love when they had it. But two parents coming from stressful and abusive homes getting together at a very young age and then starting a family, of course there's going to be some damage. Of course. But the fact that my brother learned from what he went through and grew from what he went through is very important. It's very vital. And my nephew actually asked me to make this today. Sorry, this lasted for 30 minutes. I'm sorry, y'all. But if you took the time out to listen to it, thank you so much. Javion, I just want to let you know that I love you so much, baby. You are 16 And I know you're not actually, actually turning 16 until September 20th, but you're 16 and you are very strong and you are, you're very wise and I love you so much. And I just want to thank you for reaching out to your auntie and just telling me that you would like for me to even make this, that you would like for me to even talk about this, for even listening to my podcast at how young you are. You was born in 2006, so that means that you're... 10, 6. Yeah, you're about to be 16 this year. You're about to be 16 this year. That's amazing. Thank you. Continue to do what you do. My nephew, he is a basketball player. He travels to different different uh, states, different cities. Like, he's really good. And my brother was always a star basketball player. He was 11, 12 years old, crossing adults. 
Like, he used to be on the block in Williamsburg, on the block, shaking everybody. Like, everybody wanted to come over just to play Jerry and see if they could shake him, and they couldn't. So, the fact that his son is following in his legacy is very dope. All of my nephews are very dope. Every single one of them. Cordell, that's my nephew from Jessica. Javion, Dejan, Trevon. Then we got the babies. We got Corian. And, oh, they have a newborn baby. And I'm so sorry, y'all. Like, off the top of my head, I can't remember his name because I haven't met him. He was just born a couple weeks ago. But all of those, all seven of them are going to be great and amazing men. Javion called me today to ask me how to make a burrito. And tell me why we were on FaceTime while I'm sitting here explaining to my baby how to make a burrito. And he made two burritos and was so happy about it and talked about how good they were. Like, my nephews, they know me. They know Aunt Rosie was always there. Aunt Rosie had them 24-7. Even though it's been a few years since I was just deep in their life like that, they remember they remember I've always been there and I love them so much and I want to thank everybody for listening to this again this one is called Jerry this is season three episode nine thank you for listening to the Rosie experience just remember that your experiences might not be my experiences but let's experience life together and realize that without God there is no purpose there is no next chapter you must have God in your life and welcome him into your heart in order to see what prosperity is I love everybody y'all have a blessed night